the San Jose Sharks unfortunately give a valiant effort tonight but come up short in the shootout. And so do their playoff chances officially come to an end. We'll break it all down. We'll bring up a bright spot in the organization. We're looking at you, Thomas Bordalo. And more right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, April 14th, 2022. The San Jose Sharks lose to the Chicago Blackhawks 5-4 to in a shootout. And we welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game. So if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks fans and hockey fans all over the world on the, our YouTube page or the app. And, of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Smash that subscribe button on YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Uh, I am Eric Hura, and with me tonight, Mr. Ian Reed. Hello. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> the Sharks lose this one. Uh, by a score of five to four. Uh, your your initial thoughts on anything that that comes out of this to this now eight game winless streak? I didn't think this was a terrible game for the Sharks. Like I really didn't. I know I know. Like obviously it's an eight game losing streak and things aren't good, and people are angry and it's fine. I mean, angry and happy at the same time, right? Because it's like a point, but it's another loss and. Uh, obviously, um, with the Sharks being officially eliminated from playoff contention, even though they were eliminated a long time ago, if we're all being completely honest with ourselves, like, <laughs> yes, okay, the math eliminates them now, but right. like, it wasn't like they were going on a run. Um, although they said they had one run left exactly. in them, I guess. I don't know when it's coming. Uh, I mean, maybe now. Maybe now that they're out, we'll get on that run. Um, I didn't think this was a terrible game. Um, was it a great game? No. Um, but I didn't think it was it was a terrible one either. And if this if this game happened earlier in the season, like my takeaway from it would probably be, yeah, things are really shit, but they probably about to turn. Of course, that's the worst thing that could happen to the Sharks now that they're again officially eliminated. But that's like the worst thing that could happen to them now is for for things to turn and now they and now they go on a run. But this is the kind of game where I think if this happens early in the season, you might go, yeah, this sucks. Like this is eight in a row, but I would think that maybe things were going to turn a little bit for the better. Cause obviously eight games is a long run to be losing. Right. Yeah. They, they hit one of these last year and that kind of really killed their chances in the playoffs this year. Um, or this past uh, season, 2021 uh, eight game, winless streak you can't have that if you want to try to say that you want to contend for the playoffs but um you know it is what it is unfortunately the sharks uh you know they finally get over that two that two goal plus hype for uh offensively and and this is what comes of it but uh let's get to the recap the sharks third game of a five game road trip uh they have lost seven in a row chicago entering this one had lost eight in a row yeah, something's got to give. You know? Something had to give. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, n not not in the Sharks' way, and, and that's for the better, right? Because again, they got one point, which is one point too many, but they still lost. So, <laughs> go team tank. I guess we're all pretty much on team tank now, are we? Right? Uh, and it started early. Uh, Patrick Kane, a minute eighteen in from Strone to Brinkett, makes it one nothing. Um, you know rough start and again another I, I hate to say that we're back on the track of you know allowing a goal in the first five minutes but here 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 go the sharks again uh falling behind uh again early in in a game yeah i mean pretty brutal play um Brent Burns, obviously, like, you know, uh, instead of getting a shot through, hits a defender. It goes back the other way. Um, 
then he starfishes himself out of the play like we've seen him do a billion <laughs> times. Uh, and James Reimer is not up to the task of, of stopping the shot, right? Like, I don't, I'm not blaming James Reimer here. I think James Reimer played a good game. And I think, look at, we've gotten better goaltending from James Reimer than the Sharks have deserved most of the year. Um, I shudder to think what this team would look like. Like, I, I feel like if it wasn't for James Reimer, like, then maybe maybe at this point I'm like I'm on here and I'm just screaming and swearing right I haven't really done that a lot this year there's been a couple of games but not a lot um and James Reimer is a big part of that because I feel like you know James Reimer has given this team a chance to win so many so many games even tonight yeah and, you know and, uh, I, again I I don't want to blame him for the game but like again just I you know would he probably want them back maybe but again I I'm not I'm not going to get I'm not going to get on James Reimer now like James Reimer has made this team somewhat respectable all year. It, it makes when it had no business being so. Sorry. No, you're good. I was going to say it makes you wonder where this team would be without Reimer uh on this night and the workload that Reimer's been dealt with all season with Hill being out uh mm-hmm. on and off again. Uh you know, there was a little bit of time where you had Sachenko come in. Of course, you remember the disastrous of putting in Staylock in for a game. Um, you know, uh, kudos to him for having the workload that he probably, I don't think he's ever dealt with uh, before uh, it, to hang in there. And yeah, he's going to have some some stinkers here and there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thought he was okay tonight. Uh, it wasn't like lights out, although he had some nice some nice chances overall. So, uh, so that made it one, nothing after, you know, just a minute 18 in, and then Timo Meyer finds a loose puck to make it a one, one with his team leading 32nd hurdle and burns get on there. Uh, offensively overall, I mean, what have, what did, what was the difference tonight for this team to get over that, that two or less height? I mean, luck, I, I think like that Timo Meyer goal, right? Like that's just that was just a lucky break for Timo Meyer to get the puck where he got it and he's not gonna he's not gonna miss it there, right? And like sometimes that you just kinda need something to break your way. Um and, and that's what happened for the Sharks there. I think as the game went on, I thought that they were doing a better chance. I, I tweet I put out a tweet like uh, somewhat during the game. It's like where I was like, you know, it's really unfortunate that the Sharks have not really had a lot of pressure around the net because I thought Lankinen gave up some really juicy rebounds. And by the end of the game, it looked like the Sharks had keyed in on that fact too. And they um, and they were in better positions to take advantage of some of those juicy rebounds that Lankinen was, was giving up. Um, and I think that's what helped them get back into this game. But uh, up at this point, they, you know, just luck. Yeah, that made it 1-1. Uh, and then a couple minutes later after that, uh, Stillman from Chicago puts a big hit on Barabanov and the near boards. He would miss the rest of the period. Of course, that would lead to VL going Yayata and drop the gloves like a few seconds later after that. Um, so you have 1-1 one, one after one period. I didn't see anything in particular. Did you see where Shimmick may have gotten hurt? He did not return to this game. Their first no. Period. No, I don't know, man. I, I feel really bad for Shimmick because um, he's obviously had a hard time getting into this lineup and he's had just a really shit run of injuries, right? Um, and obviously, when I think when you're a guy making as much money as Shimmick's making, when the blue line as a whole is eating up as much money as it's taking up, um, it's super problematic, right? Yeah. I mean, you um, had... Him go down, of course, Barabanov go down, and Nieto would get hurt in this game. Um, I, I don't recall seeing him after the third period, so that's that's frustrating to see. They're running out of bodies. Yeah. One second. You're good. We got. Uh, we'll move on. Balsers would take a slashing call about two minutes in. Nothing would really go on early on in the in the period until later on after McCabe. Uh, takes a shot at VL that looked like a questionable checking from behind call. Uh, Gregor says, why I oughta. VL's like, well, how dare you cross checks him. McCabe would get a roughing and somehow Chicago ended up with a power play after all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the the officiating in this game was pretty suspect. Um, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't good. Like it wasn't completely brutal. Like it wasn't like Chicago had like a million power plays to the Sharks one or whatever, right? But I right. just like some of these, but some of the the way they came out with it, like the Sharks somehow getting an extra penalty out of that situation. I guess, right? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it wasn't the story of the game though. No. Like it was it was definitely suspect, but definitely not the story of the game either. No, it it, it wasn't the end all be all. Uh, although granted Radish would get his ninth in the season on the power play from Jones and Patrick Kane to make it two one. Uh it kinda started the floodgates a little bit with with the goal scoring in, in this one though, because then, you know, right after that you know, Scott Reedy would get a, a nice shot. It would go off of a Chicago defender to tie it up at two. And mm-hmm. Nice to see that line kind of come together. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just reading some of the, the Bugner comments. Gotcha. Um, but uh, from Nieto... Yeah, and, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> from Nieto and Shemilevsky, uh, that made it uh, 2-2. Uh, what in the Bugner comments are you seeing? Oh, just how, um, like, I don't know, he's just how he's saying like because they haven't scored a lot of goals lately i thought they tried to force some things and it cost us i don't know if i agree with that like i don't think i don't think that they were i don't know i didn't i didn't i i didn't see that no i'm not an nhl coach and whatever but i i don't know i didn't think that there was a lot of at least as the game progressed because i thought earlier in the game like i thought the one thing that um was really interesting was how easily for a stretch there Chicago was just turning the sharks around at their own blue line. And it wasn't like the sharks were trying to do anything super complicated. It was just that the Blackhawks, it was simple, you know, it was simple. Take the check, take the stick check, you know, get the puck off the guy, quick pass, quick pass out. And that was it. And the sharks kind of got turned around by that a couple of times before they finally were able to start getting uh, more into the offensive zone. And I just, I don't know, like it wasn't like, again, I don't think it's because the sharks were trying to do anything overly fancy or anything. I just think that they were the simplicity of Chicago's breakout. Cause again, look at like Chicago's not a good team, right? They just lost, you know, they just got finished ending their own eight game losing streak that now the sharks are on theirs. Um, and, you you know so it's like simple plays i think is is something that the sharks are missing i know when you have guys like brent burns and eric carlson on your blue line you know you think oh well, we can do all this you know this super complex stuff but i don't know man i think like defensively um at least early in the game i think the sharks could probably learn something from watching just how easily chicago was turning around at their blue line because it was they're just making the simple play mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get that they're both Burns and Carlson are looking for that, like that nice headman pass or finding that perfect connection to, to get their opponents on their heels. Uh, but yeah, the simple plays, the simple breakout, and that can go a long way as well for sure. Um, but uh, so Reedy would make it two-two. Um, you know. McCabe was like being a butthead all night. Uh, he then yeah. starts talking with Malosh. They get on sportsmanlike penalty, uh, and then that Reedy like, and like you know that's the thing though. But even the Reedy goal, like it was a lot of just like simplifying the game, right? The taking the shot, yeah, and you get a you get a like obviously it didn't go straight in. You get a deflection, it goes in the net. Like I think the Sharks could benefit a lot from just simplifying their game. Yeah, it can go a long way. I mean, I get why they're trying it, but at the same time, simple stuff. And if you can't do the simple stuff, then you know, you enjoy your exit interview in a few weeks. Um, Chicago would get a goal late in the second period. Calvin DeHaan uh, from Kane there, like, what, a minute 18 left in the period. It's it's just one of those again, and it's one of those things we've seen in the last few years where the, the last minute goals on top of the first minute goals. Yeah, I mean, and that line for Chicago made the Sharks look stupid all night. Like the way that they, I mean, the, a lot of really skilled players on that line, right? Um, like even like even Dylan Strom, who hasn't turned out to live up to where he was drafted. Um, you know, because I don't think his his skating was never 
going to be NHL good. But that line, still a lot of high-end skill on that line. And they showed it tonight. Like every time that line was on the ice, things were going the way, you know, that the Chicago wanted them to go. And um, I mean, Alex Dabrinkit, I've been on the Alex Dabrinkit hype train oh, for yeah. a long, long time. Um, and, you know, tonight, I think a lot of people saw why. And if, you sh- and if you've watched any Chicago games, like you'll see it. Like Alex Dabrinkit is insanely good. And it's funny because... Alex Dabrinkit, when he was drafted, he fell to the second round because, you know, either he was too small or, and and here's the interesting part, right? Like, because he played with guys like Dylan Strome and and Taylor Radish, who also got a goal tonight for Chicago. (laughs) But if you look at, like, who's excelled in the NHL, it's been Dabrinkit. And the long time thought on Dabrinkit was, well, he's too small and he's also benefiting from those guys and and he did also play with some Connor McDavid guy who apparently turned out to be pretty good. He's all right. Um, yeah, he's all right. Right. So like, but Alex to you know, always was always, you know, a lot of people always said, Oh, well, you know, he's just, he's, he is just getting the points off of those other guys. And it's funny how, you know, and, and not to, and I don't think like Taylor Radish, obviously, you know, he's, I think he had what he has like nine goals a season or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, not, a, not a bad season for finally breaking into the league, but you know, obviously look at Debrinket came in and lit the, the Chicago Blackhawks on fire scoring wise. So it's just funny how sometimes how those things turn out. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I really like Debrinket, and he's at 39 goals on the campaign. Uh, it, it's going to be, he, he's one of those guys where I guess there was like a little argument between him and Kane. I'm like, oh, that would be that'd be a nice get, but we all know Chicago won't give that up. Um, but and I have him on my fantasy squad, so I I really like his offensive skills, and he'll be a great addition for Chicago to torment the Sharks for years to come. He's yeah, he's he's good. Like when when Chicago figures out whatever they're doing, like Alex Dobrynkit's gonna be at the head of it. If not, I'd be stunned. Mm-hmm. Uh, third period, Strom would make it a a four two game uh, from Jones and Debrinkit uh, for Debrinkit three assists on the night for him. But then about a minute and a half later, Sharks find some life. Uh, Balsers, you know, gets his ninth from Couture and Carlson to make it interesting. Yep. Um, um, again, you know, good play. Again, it's good play, but simple play, right? Right. Don't overthink it. You. You know, you have the puck, take the shot. Don't look for, don't look for the pass. Don't stick handle it for three minutes looking for the perfect angle to shoot from. Just shoot the bloody puck. And that's why I think the Sharks had a lot of success tonight was when they started to simplify their game, look for, you know, and just look for shots. Because at this point, well, again, they have nothing to gain, but they have, you know, they have nothing to lose at this point, right? You might as well just take the easy, take the easy play. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, well, then go back and play some defense. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, again, I think that the Sharks, that's that was their that was their success tonight. I think if, you know, like, again, I feel like if this is a game where we're in the mid of the season, right, like this, you say, okay, maybe this is, you know, this is a turning point for things to turn around because I thought that they that they didn't come out good early, but I thought they adapted very well as the game went on. Yeah. It's just frustrating, you know, just seeing this this game, seeing this season, seeing the last three seasons. It's just frustrating to see uh, the Sharks play as it is. But, it, I mean, to get it within 4-3 was interesting. You know, then DeHaan takes an interference call. Uh, yep. And then Magna takes a puck over a glass call. But Magna would make up for it, uh, finding the loose puck, getting it home to tie it up at 4-4. I'll, I'll give the Sharks, you know... Kudos for for being resilient uh, down in this game. Uh, they they fought their way in this one. Yeah, I mean, look at um, when they came back and scored the third goal. Obviously, that was big, right? Because like at this point, man, you're you've lost seven. They're up by two. Really, you're you're on the road. You know, it's it's easy. It would have been so easy to just whatever coast through the rest of the game, drift softly into the night. Like that would have been the easy thing to do. Um, but obviously, Hey, look, look at losing sucks. No one wants to fucking lose all the time. No. Uh, 
you know, these guys, these guys are pride, right? Like again, players don't tank organizations tank. players don't. Um, so I, you know, I, yeah, I give them, I give them a lot of credit for, for, for clawing their way back into this one and, and doing it by again, you know, um, the Magna goals, another one where they took advantage of some juicy rebounds getting left by Lincoln. And that gave them, you know, three or four more opportunities with the puck than maybe you get from another goalie. Uh, and, you know, and you got to make those count. And I thought the Sharks did that. Yeah, I mean, I thought they played fairly well in overtime, even though they got outshot 4-1. But I thought they had a number of chances that could have gone in that just missed. I know Barabanov had one. Um, you know, I thought they had some glorious chances in there. And they outshot the Hawks 37-22. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the Brinkett was the only score in, in the shootout. Uh, and I know, <laughs> yeah, shifty, I mean, shifty move, um, shifty move by Debrinket. And I think I, I, you know, James Reimer probably would like that one back, but it's a shootout. It's a one-on-one situation. It's, you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, I mean, we, I see probably we have to probably talk about the, the Eric Carlson shot. And I thought, you know, I thought Drew Remenda broke this down really well. It's not a terrible play. No, like the problem was, is where he shot it from and probably the angle he got on it because like look at the the play most players are going to make is they're going to either fake that shot and come in and deke or they're just going to come in and try and deke right like that is your go-to shootout move and sometimes like it doesn't seem like it would be a high percentage play but if you put that in the right spot you can catch a goalie sleeping a little bit because goalie is waiting for you to come in nice and tight and you know and try and deke him out of his pants. He's not waiting for the slap shot. Or if anything, he thinks, you know, he's probably thinking, oh, that's a fake shot. You know, where are you going next? So I don't hate the play. The problem was, was Carlson got a little too close to take that shot. Like at the, because of, you know, the momentum and obviously look, you can't completely stop and you can't go backwards. Like we know the rules to the shootout. Right. But I think I, you know, at that point, if I'm Eric Carlson at that point, game on my stick, and I get that close, uh, I might, you know, probably fake that shot. But I'm not yeah. Eric Carlson, right? Like, maybe you fake the shot and go for the deke after all, but I think that is the play the goalie kind of is expects. expecting. Yeah. So I don't, I don't hate the move. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't hate the move. I just maybe wish he didn't get so close and maybe got it more, you know, maybe picked a better location to shoot at but i don't hate the move i you know it it is what it is and if i'm not mistaken he used that move last year and i want to say it was like against minnesota i might be wrong on that but he had that two goal game where the infamous not even close comment came from Mm -hmm. uh but uh he i'm pretty sure he used that uh, in the shootout and it worked so i i don't i don't blame him on that I, but i yeah i don't like I, I don't hate the move and i know people you know they're just gonna be mad because i'm not aj and i'm not just tearing him a new asshole right now but you can wait till sunday for that it's cool um it's my mic so i'm gonna say i don't hate the move um i don't hate it uh you can you can tell me in the youtube chat how much of an asshole i am and how i'm on the wrong podcast and blah 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 but i i don't hate the move i just hate where he decides like where he ended up shooting it from. I think I wish he was a little more aware of where he was and how much distance he had to the net and maybe fakes that shot and makes a move or, you know, picks a better spot to shoot at, but it's done. It's done. The sharks playoff chances are done. And it leads to one question from sharks last year. It's time to eat the entire box of thin mints, right? Can I have ice cream too? (laughs) And I am totally down with thin mints and, an ice cream uh, <laughs> that uh, Puck Mom agrees with you. I think it's time for the Sharks to go back watching team videos of how to play as a team and play in sync and learn. Um, <laughs> I think they just, I, I would just, like for me, I, I think, look, at, at this point in the season, they've watched all the video they need to watch. And I think, look, at obviously, these guys have known they've, they've been playing for nothing for a while, right? Right. So for me... What I want to see is I want to see simplifying the game. I would like to see, I mean, these line, these roster decisions will make me scratch my head till Bob Buchner's eventually fired mercifully. Um, but 
like I just I just want to see more guys getting opportunities. There's no reason now. There's no reason why guys like Malosh and Magna should just constantly be in the lineup. Like these guys are guys. Right. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe they're maybe they're NHL defensemen, but I think they're guys. They're guys to fill in uh, for a team that had no Nikolai Kanijov all season, who's had Redeem Schmick up and down um, all year. Uh, you know, maybe having Santeri Hataka or Hataka or however you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you have nothing but, to lose now, right? Like, obviously, like, look, you can't, you're not going to bring Bortolo in, right? Because he's only on an ATO. They're going to wait till they can sign him to the ELC for next season. Right. That's the play there. And we'll get so to you're more not going to bring him up and burn a year of his ELC for what? To miss the playoffs? And then the Barracuda are also going to miss the playoffs. So, like, the ATO is the play there, right? But there are guys that they could probably throw in. and Because, again, what, I mean, you should be seeing what you got, right? Except for the problem with that, I guess, is, is that Bob Bugner is still the coach. So it doesn't matter what he sees from any of them. He's <laughs> got his guys, and that's that's it anyway. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, Couture, we'll get to some of the comments now from the locker room. Couture, yeah, 33 good. years ago, uh, 33 years old, on personal disappointment of the Sharks being officially eliminated tonight. It's one less year you have a chance to win it, and I'm getting older, so it hurts more and more each year. Yeah, man, you only get so many cracks at the at the big silver shiny thing. Yeah, and that's a tough one because we all know, and the last time the Sharks pl- went to the playoffs in 2019, Couture was just on fire. Um, yeah, that one that one kind of hits hits a little bit, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, look at uh, you don't you don't grow up as a kid dreaming of missing the playoffs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that's not, that's not what, uh, that's not what you want to become. A, I want to become a professional hockey player so I can miss the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> when I grow up, I want, <laughs> I want to have 23 goals and my, and my teammates are, I want to make $6 million, but miss the playoffs. Every yeah. Year. Yeah. Uh, Bob Bugner on being officially out of the playoffs. It's disappointing. Obviously the biggest issue was losing our most offensive player. We had a month and a half where we were missing key veterans. Yeah. And, sure. you know, you bumble fucked a bunch of really dumb lineup decisions and thought, hmm, um, well, we're having trouble scoring, guys. So maybe we should play Gadjevich and VL together. Uh, right. I think that's a great idea. And then better yet, let's scratch Jonathan Dolan so you can play Redeem yeah. Shimmick on the fourth line. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean. Right. I don't know. Like, Jonathan Dolan, like, let I'm glad you brought up Jonathan Dolan because Jonathan Dolan has has had a rough second half of the year. Um, I saw a jerk talking about how, you know, wondering if, if maybe Dolan hasn't recovered. And it was the shoulder that he yeah. hurt, right? Like I it was a shoulder so. injury. Yeah. Shoulder injuries are the worst. Like for a shooter, man, shoulder injuries are death. Um, so, you know, there's probably I, I wonder if there's a little bit of credence. I don't I don't want to come off like I'm making excuses for Jonathan Dolan here because I think he probably needed to be a little he did need to be better this second half. But like again, OK, so that can be true. But two things can be true at the same time. Right. Like right. we know what you're getting from Noah Gadjevich and Jeffrey Vial and the and number of times that though those guys both slotted into the lineup. You're not getting offense from those guys. Right. So, I mean, that's that's an issue. No, the, the tough part overall is when you look at this lineup, it's like nice to have Reedy get a goal tonight. Uh, I just going through the list here, you know, it's frustrating to see, you know, Gregor just be on a, the roughest stretches of luck possible. Uh, Balsers get, gets the ninth goal of his season tonight. In I like Noah Gregor, man. But if he can't finish at the NHL level, like, yeah. at some point, you have to pull the ripcord there, too. Right. Exactly. You know, this is where I think a lot of us, you know, I think yourself included, have been asking, okay, do we get a chance to see Joachim Blickfeld get his shot now? Yeah, I mean, and Joachim Blickfeld's been around long enough now that he's probably like the chances of of Joachim Blickfeld becoming an NHL player at this point are small, right? Because he's been around for a while now. And 
whether you think that he's gotten the right opportunity or not, I, I mean that, you know, we can argue that all day. And I would argue that he probably should have gotten more of a look, but the chances of him converting to an NHL player at this point, are, or at least a productive one, right? That's right. just not being, and I like Joachim Blickfeld, don't get me wrong, man, but like, again, kids getting up there. Yeah, and that's the tough part is that, you know, you, you get so many shots at it, you know, and I'm surprised that how many shots Gregor has had Meanwhile, you've seen how <laughs> oh, am I blanking here? You've seen Balsers get scratched. You've seen uh, why can't I, I'm, I'm blanking on names now? Uh, you know, Dolan getting scratched so many times. Gregor, mm-hmm. yeah, he has some good speed. Has probably a little bit Gregor's more. Gregor's done a lot of things well. Like, don't be yeah. wrong. Like, I don't want to. Like, this isn't. I don't want to take a dump on Noah Gregor no, here. No, no. I just wonder if Noah Gregor's a guy who, if he can't finish at an NHL level, like sometimes you've got to make adjustments to your game, right, to be able to fit into an NHL lineup. And I just wonder if Noah Gregor's a guy who you, if he could focus on the more, like if he could really excel at the defensive side of his game, like I think Noah Gregor would be a hell of a, like a third line guy. Or like even like if if you know what I mean like right. who has that who has some offensive chops but like I don't know like if he if but is is he a top six forward No I don't I don't see it Yeah he's got the speed to be top six but the the finish he's got to the be speed and the six. hands and everything but it's just you know but the the puck has to go in the net at some point Right Yeah Ah uh, Yeah So uh, You know Dana Meyerson saying someone please help Noah Gregor finish. Uh, you know, there's that, uh, continuing on with the locker room quotes, a lot of turnovers for both teams, too much for our liking. We fought back to send it to OT, but couldn't find a way to, uh, beat the goalie. Uh, I think I'm going to do it. I I, I'm just seeing AJ's thing about changing my Twitter handle. I think I'm going to do it. What? It's going to be bumblefuck hockey. Because honestly, when, when is the last time I've written something? consistency like at, at this point it should be like ian vlogs hockey i guess uh, you could just change that like one letter or get your second account going i like bumblefuck hockey might be a new twitter <laughs> oh handle people. stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned oh boy oh angry canadian robot and now bumblefuck hockey that's great bumblefuck hockey uh uh it's not easy to have fun when you're losing but we love playing with each other phrasing uh, it would we were... also be like really apt for the way that I actually play hockey too. So it would it would just fit in so many different ways. What position do you usually play? Um, I mean, wherever I can skate the puck to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, it depends. Like I've I've done it all. Like I've played. Well, I haven't played defense because no one wants to play defense. I can't skate backwards. Play defense. I can't skate backwards. Oh, well, barely. I mean... There you go. You might get but, a trap yeah, with I the can strap on some. I can strap on some goalie equipment, and I love doing that. And I can also play forward and chase around the puck a lot. All right. So you can pull a, a Freddie Anderson like he did the other night in New York. Perfect. Nice. Uh, Couture, it's not easy to have fun when you're losing, but we love playing with each other. We work extremely hard during practice, and we work hard as, a, as we can. I mean, two things can be right, but that's the tough part. Um, you know... And uh, it's just tough. And, you know, Couture continuing. We had some great A's, and we're not scoring on them. We have good looks, but we're not beating the goalie. Uh, you know, obviously against scoring, yes, you put four on four in the net tonight, but uh, it's been a rough go for the Sharks. Uh, yeah, I mean, offense has not come easy. I thought tonight they did a good job of adjusting their game, and um, those last two goals really showed the adjustment, like they that they made adjustments. Um, which have been rare for this team this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, offense has been really hard for this team. And I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of like in the media, there's been a lot of water carrying for Bob Bugner and how he's coaching with one hand tied behind his back. Man, he's the motherfucker that tied his hand behind his back in some situations. Uh, do you. Do you think when a GM is named, uh, Bob's gone, or is he on a short leash going into next season? I, GMs generally want their own guy, right? So, if a new GM comes in, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine unless somehow 
they go through the search and decide, you know what? Joe Will's just fine. Then maybe Pop Udra can survive that. But I, I I don't know, man. Like I, Bob Bugner, look at this guy has never had a winning season as an NHL coach. And look, if and look, like- this team is going to if if they think that they can turn this thing around quickly, I don't understand. Again, the problem with this team is loyalty to certain guys, and I think Bob Bugner is in that camp. Yeah. And you look and see how Florida's done since he's left. Um, awkward. Uh, yeah. No matter yeah. I mean, look, is. I don't know. Like, I think Bugner could be a guy like, I don't think he's going to go anywhere this summer, but if the sharks are super ass next year and a new GM's in place, I wouldn't be shocked to see them pull the trigger um, then. Right. Right. But I don't, I think he's, I think he's safe this summer and I'm not advocating for that. I just, that's, if you're asking just, me, that's my answer. I think he's safe this summer. I think he, I think he starts the season on the bench. If there's a new GM in place, which I hope there is because you don't want to go through an entire summer without a GM in place because that's really dumb. Right. right. Um, and the sharks have a benefit of this year. Like free agency doesn't start until like the middle of the summer. Yeah. If I remember correctly. It's, right. Like it's, like the draft isn't until like the first or second week in July. Because July, right? Yeah, okay. Catch up. Right, yeah, yeah. So like, I think free agency is like what the end of July. Uh, they got time. I'd have to look it up, but I believe you're yeah, like sure, mid July. July, like yeah. mid to in July. Yeah. yeah. So like, they've got time to to get a new GM in place. I think Bob Wigner probably starts on the bench next year, but I think that leash is going to be very tight, depending on who the new GM is, and that'll you know. That's going to change the entire look of the franchise, hopefully. Yeah. July 13th at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern is the one that's when they come out for uh, free agency. Uh, Let's continue on with some of the comments here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shimmick left early. It was a lower body. I'll find out more tonight. So we'll see what's going on there with with Redeem. That means potentially, I guess, Jonah Gajevich gets back into the lineup potentially against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bugner going on we were really short staffed in the first and I think it took its toll but I thought everyone got an opportunity yeah look well. obviously when you when you dress seven defensemen and lose a forward that's not ideal right mm-hmm. uh, and then you lose a defenseman too um, yeah obviously not ideal to lose a forward when you've dressed seven defensemen and you won't play the offensive ones at forward. And I'm not, and it look at, I'm not, don't, don't start this burns to forward shit again. I'm not saying that, but in, you know, in, in that situation, like you've kind of done it to yourself. No. Yeah. The first couple of periods were weird. I had, a had a couple of odd shifts, got into some penalty trouble. It was sloppy for both sides. Yeah. I yeah. think that's pretty simple there. It's fair. Uh, Couture, another, you know, Zinger tonight. Maybe we saw where they were in the standings and thought it might be an easy one. Um, you lost seven in a row coming into it. I don't think this should be be considered an easy. There's one. no easy games at this point, especially especially when you're facing a team that's on like the same path as you. Like I think it would be. I I don't know. I I don't. I don't think either team looks at this one like, oh, this is where you know this like you want to turn around because the losing, you know, obviously like York and it's really rough to be on a losing streak like this and then lose to a team. That's also, you know, that has a longer losing streak than you did Yeah, at when you started the game. Right. Like, right. That's never ideal. And that's not something like that's nightmare fuel, I think. Yeah. And speaking of that, sharks are within one point of Detroit for ninth place in the tankathon. Yeah, <laughs> I Let's go uh, Red Wings. <laughs> uh, so uh, we we can do a tankathon. I think at this point we kind of have to, um, because it's and the Sharks are done. The Sharks are officially eliminated from the playoffs. If you're just joining us, all right. So I have the tankathon on here. Okay. All right. The Sharks are currently in the tenth spot, and let's. Let's see here. And they stay in the 10th spot. Uh, well, Montreal and Philadelphia. Yeah, Montreal and Philadelphia uh, move up. 
one and two spots respectively uh, to get it. Chicago, <laughs> uh, by the way, has their pick go to Columbus. I think that was part of the Seth Jones trade. Yes. Uh, so Columbus is picking number six in that one. So that's that's an interesting one here. Another one in the chat that we saw in here, MES. Uh, I'm... I'm just going to call you MES because I'm, I'm afraid to uh, get really mess up the name. But uh, thank you for sure. joining us. Uh, yes. Sharks fan living in Oklahoma. I follow the Sharks hardcore from 91 to 04. Oh, there were some, there were some good times there. But I've lost touch since. I'm taking my son to the game in Dallas on Saturday. What should we know about the prospects? I know Dana. Thank you, my dear. You talked about Merkley if he gets to play. But uh, yeah, I was going to say, what can I tell you about the prospects? Bob won't play them. <laughs> oh, oh um, I need a rim shot on my sound effects oh, board. There you go. Um, Here, I'll give you a pause. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bob won't play them. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at there's. This season is rough, right? But there's there's some hope coming, right? Like, obviously, uh, Thomas Bortolo uh, played for the Barracuda last night. He's on an amateur tryout, so he won't obviously be dressing for the Sharks this year. Um, but I'm curious to see what he can do in camp. I think he's a threat to make the roster. Um, William Eklund is great. Uh, did he have this season in Sweden? We hoped he would have. No, but there's still anything that I watched, which wasn't, I'm not going to say I watched a ton, right? But anything I watched, like I'm not worried about his game. Um, the team was not particularly good that he was on, which never helps anything, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of guys that are going to probably turn pro this off season. Um, that'll make the sharks interesting right now. Well, are all these guys going to make the sharks at a camp? Eh, probably no. not. Um, but the Barracuda will be, infinitesimally more interesting to watch next year than they were this year. And again, I don't think that the sharks are going to be somehow on the road to the cup next year. Um, so that's what made this season so hard. Right. And I was right. like, cause before the season started, right. I was like, Oh man, cause I knew Lacey was, was going to be busy a lot this year. And I'm like, I could do the Barracuda. And I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm Ouch. so glad I didn't, uh, put that the time in because look i mean it's there's nothing worse than watching the big club struggle than watching the big club and the baby club struggle for a lot of the same reasons yeah um that's 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 rough right like i, I remember it's better. It's obviously look at it, it's. It's better to have one do good. Like it's. It's. It's really hard if you're a Sharks fan and like all you know is the Barracuda and you're not really paying attention to juniors and college and everything else. You'd be thinking after watching the Barracuda this season, man, the Sharks are fudged. Like they are not doing anything ever, right? Because right. the future doesn't look particularly bright when you see the Barracuda are also out of the playoffs in the AHL. Um, next year, that's not going to be the case. I think the AHL team is going to be very good. Are they going to, are they going to run the division? I don't, I'm not going to say that because I still think there's going to be a few question marks. Um, obviously we have to see if a guy like Magnus Krona, who just won the national championship in Denver, if he's going to turn pro, if he turns pro, well then I think, you know, I, that's an interesting prospect. That's an interesting goalie prospect. I'm interested in watching, right? Mm -hmm. um, next season, you know, if it's the Alex Staylock and whoever show, <laughs> like that's that doesn't really excite me for the Barracuda, right? Right. I'm not sure who's going to play on the Barracuda blue line either, but they should score buckets of goals next year in the AHL. Do, if you were running the Sharks, would you have Ben Gaudreau come up pro? Or would you leave him in Sarnia again? I'm not sure about his eligibility. Oh, but... no, because, OK, so here's the here's the thing with him, right? Like, A, no, you're not rushing him because one is because of his age, like he'll only be in his D plus one year. So he'll be you. He, he has to play in the NHL. So it's NHL or, or NHL or OHL. OHL. There's no there's no sending him to the HL. And honestly, you don't want to you, you don't want to like... play him in the NHL. Right. Right. Like. Ben Gaudreau is going to be a guy who we're going to talk about 
in a couple of years, I think, right? Like next year, he's going to go back to, he's going to go back to Sarnia or maybe he gets traded to a contender. Who knows? Right. Um, and then he's going to come to the Barracuda. But even then, like Ben Gaudreau is a guy I could see playing on the Barracuda for a couple of years before he sniffs the NHL. And that's the way it should be, right? Like even, even a guy, like a lot of guys don't make that jump to the NHL right out of junior, right? Like even a guy like Igor Shosturkin spent time in the AHL. DHL's fine for goalies. I think that the Sharks would do Ben Gaudreau a huge disservice by moving him to the NHL before he because I th- I like Ben Gaudreau. Like I like the pick, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to rush him, and usually I don't want to like yeah, like time. I don't want to like I don't want to bum people out, right? But like Ben Gaudreau and like he's he's a, he's a decent prospect, but he's not like an A plus plus super goalie prospect. He's just not that like I think there's there's some brake pumping that needs to be done there. I think Ben Gaudreau's done really good on a really shitty Sarnia team. Yeah. But like goalies are voodoo. But I, I think like, again, you, you let him take the time he needs and there's no rush for for Ben Gaudreau. So it's gonna. This is where the off season is gonna be really interesting because you have to make a decision on Kakinen. You have to figure out what you're gonna do with Aiden Hill. Uh, do you trade James Reimer, who's been who who saved your butt in net all season long? Um, it remains to be seen what what's gonna happen. It's gonna be interesting because it's the thing is is if they are going to go if they are going to go I think Kapokokin and him bringing Kapokokin in I don't think they do that to just you know not qualify him and let him walk as an RFA right right um I don't think you make that move if I you know if maybe they're not happy with what they've seen from Aiden Hill and look at Aiden Hill had some really good games this year but he had some real stinkers too right I mean, it's, um, it's funny enough that his last game he comes back for one game, gets a shutout. Yeah. In fact, I think, isn't um, that the Sharks' last win, if I'm not mistaken? Geez. It feels like so long ago. Um, you keep talking. Yeah, so I don't know. I like, I look at, like, Aiden Hill. I mean, obviously, health is health has kind of always been a thing with Aiden Hill, too. Like, I, I feel like this isn't new. Like, the injury issues aren't new with Aiden Hill. Um, so Kapo Kakinen's a guy that I like, again, do I think he's like going to be, you know, the super starting goalie guy? No, I think he's a good tandem guy. James Reimer is a good guy to tandem anyone with. I like James Reimer just for the fact that like, I feel like if the sharks are going to find the next guy, they have to steal the net from James Reimer. Like if you can do that, you know, and cause James Reimer, like, again, you know, is James Reimer going to win a Vezin anytime soon? No, but has he? been a respectable goalie in this league yeah yeah he has so i if i'm the sharks i just you know i want to see who's gonna take james reimer out of the net and take the net you know and run with that run with that ball is that going to be kapokokinen i hope so i don't know um i've liked a lot of what i've seen from kapokokinen i think he's had i think he's only really had one bad game since he's been here i feel bad that he hasn't gotten a win yet um, you, I understand that, you know, everyone's like, Oh, the sharks need the losses more than Kalkin needs the win idiot. Yeah. Okay. I get it. You know, <laughs> team tank, but like just from a personal level, man, like the way Kapo Kalkinen's played since he's got here man, the guy deserves a fucking W. Absolutely. Right. Like I, I feel like he's, he's earned a W better than he's gotten in the last few games. Like I understand that no points is better than points for the sharks at this point. I'm not an idiot, but like you can still look at the guy and be like, man, like it would be nice to see that guy get a win, you know? Agreed. I mean, he's played really well in his starts. I mean, I think there was like one start where it was a hiccup, but I think he's yeah. played fairly well to get the W. Uh, last Sharks win March twenty sixth against Anaheim four one win with Reimer and Net. It was three years ago. Before then, uh, March 22nd, they beat Calgary 4-3. to How? I don't know now. Um, <laughs> and, and then back on uh, March 17th on St. Patrick's Day was the victory 3-0 over L- or L.A. lost or L.A. beat them 3-0 on, on uh, St. Patrick's Day. It was March 12th where Aiden Hill had the shutout. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, keep going with the uh, chat here. Um, 
you know, if you're just joining us, thanks for watching. Hit the subscribe button down below. Uh, Sharks are been eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. They miss it for the third straight year. Um, Sasquatch. That's wild. Sasquatch. Uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. Watched your videos before. Appreciate it. All the best to you and your YouTube venture. Uh, yeah. Denton uh was at the game tonight i got to see the vlasic cousins first glance at each other on the ice and it was a cool moment especially how alex is like 20 and is already 100 times better than mark edward vlasic oh boy um yeah that's that's something that uh i wasn't expecting i uh alex vlasic I, I wonder if he calls him they call him pickles in there so it's a good question yeah um uh, Alex Beltran, why is the Evander King grievance case taking so long? That is a um, great question. Because everything in the everything in that sphere takes so long, man. Biz, all these business disputes and lawsuits, like all that stuff, always takes forever. Uh, that is just the speed at which these things move. I'm not surprised. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that to be resolved before the summer. Um, so this doesn't surprise me. I feel like everything that has to go through courts or mediators or stuff like that, these things turn at a glacial pace. Yeah. Uh, Dana, thank you for joining us. Uh, his sister, Emma Vlasic, plays in the PHF. There you go. Uh, yeah. So there you go. I mean, all over the... The Vlasics are taken over. Yeah. So many pickles in the pickle jar, she says. <laughs> Um, one thing from Chester Tivo, I'm, I'm sick of Bob's excuses of losing players to injury. Ask Vegas how they're doing with injury and they're two points out. Dumbass. I hope you're not calling us dumbasses, Chivo, after all these years. Jesus. Well, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Um, a lot more talent. Vegas has proven too. the salary cap isn't real. Like, yeah, two different teams in two different spots. Right. And don't get me wrong. Vegas has lost some big pieces for for certain stretches of time but uh i don't know the salary cap isn't real it's a boogeyman they made up <laughs> boogeyman that's a good one and we have a boogeyman that can't coach too well um so uh with that the reason mainly reason why the the sharks got eliminated was dallas got a point tonight in their overtime loss to minnesota so they're at 89. Vegas is, is at 87, uh, playing one more game. Uh, you know, Vancouver, Winnipeg, I think they're just starting to run out of time yeah. there. Uh, but uh, uh, any any surprises in the West, or for the East for that matter, as to how this thing is shaping up? I mean, the East has been pro pretty much set since January. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think I, I think what surprised me about the East is just how quickly it was basically locked up. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, it's been locked up for quite some time, right? Like, I think um, the Islanders who had just a hellish start to their season, I, it's credit to them for, for climbing to the top of the missing the playoff teams lift because when, that, when the season started, they were not good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a lot of, you know, for – the East is a big mess. If you look at these teams, it's the haves and have nots. Yeah. Uh, it's never like it's so clear, clear in the East, man, who has and who doesn't uh, in the East. So I'm, I, you know, I'm surprised at how quickly it's locked up. But then at the same time, when I look at like who's after Washington, like again, the Islanders had a hellish start to the season. Yeah, Columbus, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, New Jersey, Philly, Montreal all not great teams. I know Montreal was in the Stanley Cup final last year, but not having Carey Price all year kind of puts a damper on things like that. Um, you know, and then the West, I think that I'm surprised the way the Pacific has gone. Um, I thought the Kings would be good, but I didn't think they would be this good. Um, I did have the Kings as a team that I thought would be on the rise. And Calgary, Calgary surprised the hell out of me because they looked like they were such a mess last year. And I thought that... Um, when they brought in Daryl Sutter and it didn't really seem to have an impact early on. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how long this is going to last. Right. Because Daryl Sutter is a hard guy to play for. Right. And 
there are, you know, like that coach, that type of coach is a dying breed in this game because obviously look at the players make a lot of money and they sign long contracts. So guys like Daryl Sutter can't stick around too long because if they grade on people too much, then guys stop playing for them and then he gets fired. Um, And that will happen again at some point, not this year, obviously, because Calgary is doing really, really good. Um, Although the one thing that I, would be concerned about with Calgary is how hard they've rode Markstrom to the end of the season. I don't think they've needed to do that. I think they're comfortably in the playoffs and they could probably maybe stop, you know, maybe ease up on the bit there a little bit on Markstrom. But other than that, um, obviously look at, I thought it was going to be Vegas Edmonton jump ball. Um, Calgary, obviously a big surprise. Um, Vegas, Vegas could miss the playoffs, man. And, <laughs> what a yes, yes, he he he. Also, but what a colossal, in my opinion, like because look at this team this summer is gonna have to do some serious trimming to get this team actually cap compliant to go into next season, right? Right. And it's amazing how quickly, like you see teams where the window closes on them all the time. Vegas took a five-year window and might have slammed it shut before the season even ended with all the moves that they made. Which gives you um, a little bit of consideration as to what Doug Wilson did with this team and stretched out the window as long, as much as possible. Yeah, because it's easy. Like it, Vegas, I think if the one thing that Vegas showed is just how easy it is to close the window on a team. Um, you know, going for like, it's just, it's it's crazy how, you know, but that's what happens, right? Like, I, I admire their like I admire their gusto man because that that team like they're in it to win it right so they went but you know do you is in it to win it mean you have to go and buy every new shiny toy that comes up on the market <laughs> no I think you got to be more picky and choosy right but Vegas right. was like yeah can't be damned we'll just get everyone do whatever we can you know yeah so I think it's gonna be interesting summer for them especially if they miss Bill Foley I think. He probably meddles a lot, and I wonder if there's going to be heads rolling because I don't, I don't, I'm curious to see how Bill Foley reacts to the team that he has shelled out all this money on contracts for, getting every shiny new toy. If they miss the playoffs, man, I'm curious to see how he responds to that because I wonder if this is going to be a situation where, like, this is where, you know, when I said this on the show um, before, uh, when Doug Wilson got let go, right? Me and AJ were talking about Hassel Plattner. Right. And this is why I don't have as much hate for Hassel Plattner as other guys do, because I don't want my owner meddling and making hockey decisions. Nope. Especially right? halfway around the world for the Sharks' sake. Well, yeah, but who cares where he's doing it from, right? Like, we have technology. It's fine. The problem, but I, you know, like, that's what I like. I like the owner that signs the check and lets the hockey people make the decision. Yeah. Now, obviously the sharks probably need some better hockey, hockey people in certain positions in the front office right now. I'm not going to contest that. And you know, should that have been done sooner? Yeah, I would argue it should have been done sooner, but I would rather have the owner who signs the checks and tells the hockey people to do the hockey stuff. than an owner like Bill Foley, who, I wonder how much of his input has really screwed up their cup window. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lydon or Lydon, uh, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing it right. Hey guys, looks like the Sharks are going to finish with the draft pick around number 10. Any players you like? Um, anything in particular that you, that's caught your eye for the Sharks? I mean, where do you, where do you, I'll put it this way. Where do you think the Sharks go? Um, with their first round pick, do they go forward? Do they go defense? I can't see them really going goaltender. Or you um, I don't think there's any though? goalies. Like I don't like taking goalies in the first round, um, unless they are exceptionally talented. Um, and there is no, I don't think there's like a there's there's no Wallstead in, in this first round. So I don't think you go goalie. I don't like draft. You don't. You take the best player available at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't draft by position because you don't know. Because again, look at these guys. Take a couple of years before they're going to get in. Right. Right. Now, obviously, this is going to be another pick that could be as high as you know. Could we could be as high as nine when it's all said and done? Maybe maybe they win the lottery, but they're probably drafting in that like nine, ten, eleven range. Um, 
yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple of players that I like. Like, I think, I don't know if he would fall that far, but, um, like, Michigan's uh, Frank Nazar, I think, is a guy that I would, if he fell, I'd like to see them take a look at. Um, Your Gardens obviously didn't have a great season, but it did have some some uh, moments, and obviously, again, chemistry with William Eklund, so if a guy like Jonathan uh, Lickermacki, uh, I'd probably butcher that, but uh, if he was, you know, if he's around there, like, I don't hate that for the Sharks either. Um, I haven't really done a whole lot of jumping in yet, but those are a couple of names, like, off the top of my head, and that, that I think could go in around that range that um that i would be interested in for sure yeah there you go and and trust me we we have a whole summer to break down what the sharks need to do uh so stick with us keep that keep us subscribed uh especially throughout the season here you mentioned nazar was from michigan yep well hey what a great segment we got to talk about some somebody special played last night Ooh, barracuda Uh, so Thomas Bordalo makes his debut. Um, nice debut. First star yep. of the game. Three assists on the night uh, despite the loss. Uh, did you catch any of it? What did you think of uh, Bordalo's debut? I didn't catch much of it. Um, I didn't. Um, I, I, I missed half the okay, I got home from work. By the time I got home from work, the game was already like halfway through. And I'm like, do I really want to spend 10 bucks on this? Not really. <laughs> Um, and then I tried other means and my ad blocker was just not up to the task. So, um, but I did talk to you, I did kind of, um, you know, I read what Lacey had to say. Lacey's kind of been like my go-to, like anything I've ever said about the Barracuda this year is generally just me paraphrasing Kevin Lacey. <laughs> Kevin Lacey's going to great follow on Twitter, um, especially for Barracuda stuff. Like obviously, um, you know. Uh, we haven't done a ton of Barracuda content, but I think he's been, he's still a go-to follow for the, for, for all things Barracuda. And I thought he summed it up really well. So go give Kevin a follow. I mean, from what I saw, from what I, you know, from what I perused on the web, um, obviously everyone was pretty impressed by him. I'm, you know, he's, he's a guy that I like a lot. Um, but, uh, I'm happy that, you know, they, they're not doing anything silly. I'm glad that he's on the amateur tryout so they can sign him to an ELC for next year. When that time comes, it's going to happen. Like, I'm not worried about that. That's, that's going to be how this goes. Uh, so they're just giving him the amateur tryout now. That way he can just finish out the season. Barracuda aren't making the playoffs again. So, you know, there's no point um, burning a year of his ELC for not to play any playoff hockey on either team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for him, right. And I'm excited for some of the other reinforcements that are going to come in three assists in your, in your first game, obviously coming off, you know, look, he's coming, he's coming off a huge, uh, a huge tournament. So I think he even said himself, like it's, you know, he was still kind of in that mode, which I think showed last night, even though he said he hadn't skated in like five days, but you know, coming off of, uh, coming off of a big, like a big letdown like that to, to not make it to the, the final game of the frozen, uh, you know, of the, um, national championship game. Like obviously that was a letdown, but you'd never know it by the way he played last night. Uh, I thought, um, from, from all accounts, he played really great. I can't speak to it myself. I've only like, and I, I saw the clips, I saw, you know, what other people were saying, but a lot of people that I, whose opinions I admire and trust a lot said all the right things. So I'm, I'm excited for the player. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, uh, hope he keeps it going. Barracuda play Friday at 5 p.m. That's at Sharks Ice in San Jose. So I believe that's only for uh, CUDA tick season ticket holders. Uh, that'll be their final home game of the year. Of course, they closed out their run at the Shark Tank with a 6-3 uh, to three loss uh, last night to Bakersfield. And then they'll have three straight to finish out the year. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, I think there'll be a lot more people watching the CUDA these last few games just to see how he's doing. And then they will open up that brand spanking new arena next year. Uh, new jerseys, new logo, uh, new arena. I, I look forward to the Barracuda getting a plethora of new talent uh, and some depth. Let's be honest, because <laughs> they needed some yeah. depth uh, for sure. So. 
Well, with that, let's wrap this thing up. In case you missed anything or want to see this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. And, of course, please hit that subscribe button down below. It really does help us out a long way. And always available at tealtownusa.com. So, uh, Ian, uh, thank you as always, my friend. Always appreciate doing this with you. Uh, you're at Ian Bloggs Hockey for now. For now. It might be, it could be at Bumblefuck Hockey tomorrow because I really, I'm really liking that. And it, you know, again, I don't write anymore. Um, not because I'm bad at it, although maybe I was, I don't know. I just, man, it's, it's amazing like how kids change everything. <laughs> that's, that, that's really the reality of it, man. Like, it's amazing how, how, like having children completely uh, turns your life upside down and I wouldn't have it any other way, obviously, yeah. but um, definitely, you know, I, I'm, I like the amount of involvement that I have now. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. All right. Uh, he is Ian blogs hockey. I am at puck guy 14. Um, as for my final thoughts, uh, I'm, I'm wearing a specific shirt for a reason here tonight oh i want to oh shark's last saying the uh sj battery pack told her that they are making 250 tickets available for peeps other than season ticket holders for tomorrow night there you go oh okay heads up heads up you can head on to shark's ice and uh potentially uh go go to the game i think what is it at sj battery pack shark's last uh so uh that'll be interesting to see hey get to see thomas bordelow uh, playing in a teal sweater one more time this season. So thank you, Sharks Last. Thank you, Kathy, for sure. Um, as for me, as I was saying, I was wearing this shirt tonight just as a reminder of where the Sharks once were and where they should be going. Uh, but three years, without, with three years without a playoffs. Remember that show? Remember that night when, when we won the West? That was a fun night. We went till yes. You were up till three a.m. I was up till midnight that night. Um, that was so normal for me at that point. That, I don't think. <laughs> and the game started at six p.m. Pacific that night. Um, this is true. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a tough place to be at. Where for the first time in in team history, the team has missed the playoffs for three straight seasons now. Um, you hope. And with the the amount of uncertainty going into the the off season, you hope that this team will f find the right way to uh, get it turned around, so they can make some more of these uh, Western Conference champion shirts for the Sharks down the road. So with that, we'll jump over to the Discord channel uh, if you aren't already on there. And until. Saturday night when the Sharks take on the Dallas Stars. Oh, boy, they're playing Pavelski. Oh, crap. Uh, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you Saturday night following Sharks and the Stars. I think they're wearing those weird. Make it nine. Make it nine. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>